the fog's gone, the mist is gone, we're gently working our way into the garden today, aren't we, David Peterson? We certainly are, Dave. Hello and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome along for another week, and we'll be taking calls. People have obviously taken advantage of the beautiful weekend that we Mm -hmm. had and been out in their garden, and they'll have a lot of questions. I hope so. We invite them on 49216216. All those that do call through, go into the draw to win a wonderful prize pack, which you've brought in for us this morning. And it's in full bloom, this one, as always. Uh, It's one of the Daisy series. the Federation Daisy. Now, this sort of means that they're old, but they're not old. They're sort of new varieties in the dwarf form of the old daisy bushes. So they only grow up to around about a metre in height. This one is called Blazer Rose, and it's a really, really pretty, oh, I'd say it would be a red when it first comes out, and then it fades down to a pink, and it's a double flowering one. So, of course, with these daisies, when they do flower, flush flowers, you just trim them back with your head shears, and they, of course, will spring up again and give you another flush of flowers. So as I said, it's called Blazer Rose. Not only that, I'm giving away a box of the all-purpose plant food. This is the soluble one that you can use on your garden, your pot plants, and you can even spray it over your lawn if you really want to keep your lawn nice and green for the winter months. As well as that, I'm giving away a container of the Aquamagic. Now, these are the water-storing granules as well that we still mix with our potting mixture if if they don't already have it, or else you can pop it into the garden. As well as that, I've got some sachets of other fertilisers as well. Now, to win that wonderful prize pack, just give us a call. It's that easy. The phone is waiting for you. 49216216. A couple of free lines there right now. We'd love to hear what questions you'd like to put through. Let's go with our first one for the day. David, we've got Anne waiting for us at Maitland. Hello, Anne. Oh, good afternoon to you both. I have a Nellie Kelly passion fruit vine, yes. and it has beautiful flowers and beautiful passion fruit, but they're not ripening. They've been there for many months, and they're not ripening. Well, they certainly won't ripen during the winter months because our days are really, really short, and okay. unfortunately with passion fruit, they rely on nice warm days and particularly nice long-hour days. So, And they will probably just sit there for the entire uh, winter months. Uh, they won't rot and they won't fall off. They'll probably just sit there. So basically when our days start to lengthen, and our days start to warm, that's when they'll start to ripen. So just be patient with those. Certainly you can, throughout the winter months, just give them a little bit of liquid fertiliser every so often just to keep the plant looking nice and healthy and then let them mature in spring because no doubt in spring you'll then have another flush of flowers ready for some more fruit throughout the season. That's fine, thank you. But also in April, I had passion fruit in April and, mm-hmm. and they didn't ripen. So would that be right as well? Because okay. we had lovely warm weather. We, we did. Now the thing is... If if you feel they're not ripening on the plant and we've still got nice warm days, it's probably a good idea to get some potash. Now, you can get potash in a liquid form, which I do sometimes stress, particularly for quickening the process of fruiting up. So with liquid potash, you just dilute it with water every couple of weeks, water that around the root system of the passion fruit vine, and that actually quickens the process up as well. Okay, thank you so much for your help. You're welcome, Anne. Thank you. And we say hello now to Jean. Jean's waiting for us at Teralba. Hello, Jean. Oh, hello there. Good afternoon. Uh, I have a hydrangea and the leaves keep getting these white spots like so it's mildew on it. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm just wondering what I should do. I think it's nearly ready to be pruned. Okay. But what should I do? Well, you shouldn't really have to do anything. I would say possibly it's just got a bit of powdery, powdery mildew which are on the leaves. Now, this will always occur during the autumn months or sometimes the late summer, early autumn. Uh, it, it doesn't create a great deal of problem, particularly now that our temperature has lowered down below 10 degrees, because once that happens, a lot of the fungal spores will be killed off by the cold weather. So, Jean, I would just leave it. I would 
wait until you're ready to prune it. Um, and then just when you prune it back, you'll find it'll all flush back into growth again. A lot of the leaves may fall off. If that is the case, just collect those up and just pop them in the garbage so that that's out of the way. Oh, that sounds quite easy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, then. Thank Thank you, you. Jean. Bye-bye. And it is Gardening Talkback, 49216216. If you'd like to get through, we'd love to hear from you. We've got Alan with us now from Cessnock. Hello, Alan. Oh, hi, David. Good morning. Good afternoon. Um, I've got a problem with a rose in that uh, the stalks seem to be too weak to hold the, the, the uh, very heavy um, heads on the rose. Okay. Is there anything I can do about that? Well, look, the only thing you can do in this case is perhaps just keep pruning it to try and strengthen the growth up. I mean, we wouldn't do a lot of pruning at this time of the year with roses anyway because we'll be nearly ready to prune them in July. But certainly, um, you know, you can prune them and that's as, as they're growing, that is, and that actually strengthens the stems up. The only other thing to do is just to give them a good, complete rose fertiliser because that's got everything in it that the rose actually needs. So that may help the stems. The, stems as well. Right, it is only a fairly new plant that okay. I've got and I thought well maybe next season it may be right but I thought if I'm doing something wrong well... Oh you're probably not yeah. doing anything wrong as I said you know it's probably just due to one yes it is a new rose and just two when it starts to grow just keep taking the, the young growth off the top and that strengthens the rose and promotes more right. stronger growth for you. Okay. Okay, right. Thanks very much, Dave. You're welcome, Alan. And it is Gardening Talkback. If you'd like to give us a call, 49216216. We're here right through until 1.30 this afternoon. We'd love to hear from you. Let's go to a garden right now, which is waiting for us. It's Tom's garden, and Tom's in Kurumbong. How are you, Tom? I'm well, thank you. That's good. What can I do for you, Tom? Uh, I have um, several mandarin trees, and one of them, um, we just picked them all off, and before I picked them all off, the fruit was... Um, going on mouldy and cropping off. Yes. And bad. And, um, so we thought, oh, we'll pick them all off and, and I'll be right, you know. And uh, within a few days of picking them off, even ones are picked off. So going, going bad, they're not keeping. Okay. They weren't keeping up. All right. Keeping up and they weren't keeping after we picked them, you know. So, mm-hmm. so Tom, first of all, did you open any of these up and just look inside to see whether there was any grubs that were live inside munching away? No, I didn't think okay. so. All right. Some, sometimes it, it can be two things. It can be the fruit fly, which, of course, uh, pierces the fruit earlier in its stage, and then, of course, the eggs are laid in start, inside, and then they start munching away, and this often causes them to go bad and fall off. The second thing is is a fungal disease, and sometimes it looks like it's mould growing over the fruit. And if that's the case, well, sometimes this occurs during our summer months when it's very humid and hot and then the mould starts and of course once you get rain it just splashes it onto all the other fruit. Now you can prevent this from happening throughout the season when you've got mandarins on your tree just by spraying it with a fungicide spray, something like mancozeb and you can that that often just keeps these fungal spores away. But yes, it, it, it only means just one simple little speck of mould that can just set on the fruit and that causes it to start getting mouldy and just rot away. So this will be for next year, of course. Once the fruit's on, you'll just spray periodically throughout the season with some mancozeb to, um, to actually keep that uh, fungal disease away. Would it be in the tree? Because I've got um, four mandarin trees. 
Well, you, well look, it, 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 okay. Well, certainly, you know, it, it does, it actually does float in the air and it can just settle. And it's surprising to me that your other trees haven't got it considering they're all in the same area. So, you know, you'd be spraying all of your trees when you spray with Mancoseb just as a precaution to keep this fungal spore away. Okay. All right then. Thank okay. you, Tom. Good Goodbye. luck with that, Tom. Ray joins us now from Edgeworth. Hello, Ray. Uh, good morning, David. How are you? Good, thank you. David, I think I've got a simple problem. Well, I don't know. I'll try out anyway. I have a climbing rose. I have no idea its name or anything, and it's just unbelievable. I would get flowers on this thing eight, nine months of the year. Good. It's even got flowers on it now. Right. I've had it for 12, maybe 15 years, and I want to move it because it's just getting too big. Mm-hmm. Is it worthwhile moving an aged plant like this, or do you think that I'm going to have any problems with it? It can be done. It, it can be done with roses because when we prune our roses back in July, you know, you can prune them back very, very severely. And, of course, as you know, they bounce back very, very quickly. So what you will do in July is prune it back quite severely, uh, and then you've got to try and lift it. Now, of course, being a rose that age, you will damage the root system considerably. But with roses, they seem to bounce back. So, look... I would try and do it if that's what you really want to do. Otherwise, you obviously don't know the name of the rose. No, I don't, no. unfortunately. Uh, because if you knew the name of the rose, perhaps you could still probably try and get this particular variety. I mean, you could have it identified by just taking some flowers uh, into a nursery and seeing whether they do recognise the rose. And that yeah. way, as I said, it may be still available. But certainly if you're wanting to move the one that, you, that, you've, that you've got, you can do that, as I said, by pruning back severely, trying to get as much root system as possible. Then when you move it, make sure you water that in well with some sea salt. And that actually just starts stimulating the root system to grow back for you. So it can be done. So I, I would move this in July because I do. I prune back very severely every year. And it, it certainly never knocks it back. It loves it. Mm. Well, that, that's a good indication. to move it as well, July. Yes, that's right. That's a good indication when you've got it bouncing back very quickly that it is a fairly good strong rose. So, yes, you certainly wouldn't move it until you've pruned it back in July. That way it should spring back nicely for you. Okay, thank you very much. You've relieved my mind. Okay, good luck, Ray. Right out, cheers. Good on you, Ray. 49216216 for Gardening Talkback. George is with us in Warrabrook. Hello, George. G'day, David. How are you? Good, thank you. Oh, listen, mate, lighten up and help me out. Got some, I think they're called sea foam. They're a native tree, a lot of bark on them. Um, anyway, cut a long story short, planted them about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Two have decided to grow, the other two haven't. But the two that decide to grow this year, they have that really bally white kind of fluffy flower yes, on them. that is sea foam. It's a Melaleuca variety. Okay. Well, the two ones that grew decided to die. One of the neighbours said chop them right back to about a metre, a metre and a half high, and hopefully they grow because mm-hmm. they don't want to pull them out as they have to. What do you suggest? So is, are these, is this the ones you've cut back that haven't regrown, you mean? Or? No, no, no. Okay. No, so the ones that have grew... Uh, they started to die, so okay. I've cut off the bits that have died, but they keep on dying on them, right. so I just don't I want to cut them right back and then hopefully save them if I okay. can. Well, normally melaleucas are very, very hardy, and normally they will take off fairly easily. I suggest probably the ones that haven't grown that fast 
uh, you are quite certain they're all the one variety that you put in yep. because there are a couple. from you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was going to say because I haven't seen CFAB for quite a number of years. So yeah, yeah. What I would do with the ones that haven't grown very well is actually spike down around them with your garden fork and yep. just get some garden lime in and around them because it might be the ground that's a little bit hard around them and sometimes oh, when the... Yeah, it's all clay. Okay, yes. So you'll need to try and break up the clay. Even if you don't use uh, lime, just use some gypsum, uh, which you can now get in liquid form, which you, you dilute with water and water that, water that around them. That yep. just helps break up the ground around them. Also combine that with a, just a good pelleted manure. And I think you'll probably find those that haven't been growing may spring back to life. Now, the ones you mentioned you wanted to prune back very severely, be careful because certainly with melaleucas, yes, they will reshoot away. But if you prune them back too severely, sometimes they'll just give up the ghost and go backwards instead of forward. So I would be a little careful in pruning them back to that degree. When do you reckon I should do it? You should not never prune until September because you know for sure they're going to shoot away. Certainly leave them now over the winter. But the other ones that haven't grown, you can start treating those now. Okay. All right. Oh, thanks a lot. All right, George. Bye. Bye. It's Gardening Talkback, 49216216, a short break, and back with your calls after this. And we've got joining us on the phone right now from Wadalba. It's Wayne for you, David. Hello, Wayne. Oh, how are you doing? Good, thank you. I, I want to find out No, 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 you can still get choco plants. I mean, you wouldn't see them at this time of the year because they will be starting to die back for the winter months now. But certainly uh, you only need to go into a grocer if you want to buy a grocer, uh, buy a a choco. And um, then once we get into spring or even when you buy them during winter, you just throw it on the ground. Once it's on the ground, it'll shoot away in the springtime and you will have chocos galore during the summer months. So very easy to grow. Good one. Thank you for that one, Wayne. Let's go to Valentine. We've got Victor there. Hello, Victor. Uh, hello. How are you today? Good, thank you. I've got uh, orange trees from lovely Washington neighbourhoods, and I know all about fruit fly and how to protect them, but I still have trouble with fruit fly. Since uh, uh, the labase has been taken off the menu... Yeah. Uh, I know. Look, Victor, it's it's a very, very difficult situation now with fruit fly. I mean, yes, we had Lebesid. Yes, we had Roger. Uh, Roger has now been taken from the shelf and replaced with another product that you can't use for fruit trees. The only ones left, of course, are the natural sprays. Um, which the the one that we normally suggest is a product called Eco Natural Lure, which has to be sprayed fairly frequently. But look, I tell you what, there is another thing that's available now, and it's actually a fruit fly trap. Uh, the old fruit fly traps used to just attract the male fruit flies, but this particular trap actually attracts the male and the female flies. So it's actually getting rid of all of those. And I know uh, from talking to people that a lot of the orchard growers sometimes use these because it attracts both the male and female. So it does save you spraying, uh, and hopefully this will do all the work for you. But I know it can be very difficult now uh, to con- combat the fruit fly, but certainly for next season you may like to try these new traps. Okay, and... Uh... The other thing is I grew some lovely tomatoes, but this time I grew them in a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, mint. <laughs> that grows grew so well, I think the mint put them off. <laughs> right. Okay, I thought you must have meant that you grew the mint to try and get rid of the fruit fly as well. No, no. Yes. See, okay, with... thanks. All right, you're welcome, Victor. 
Bye. And it's time to say hello to Russell, who joins us now from Morpeth. Hello, Russell. G'day, mate. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, I've got an easy problem for you. I've been watering and watering and watering all the flowers and plants, and now I'm in trouble with the missus. <laughs> Could you give us an outline on what, what I can, like, like um, you know, the roses aren't doing anything, and everything's starting to die off, and, and, and I've been watering the natives, and she says, oh, no, you don't have to water them. Okay. Could you give us a bit of an outline on what we can save water on and what we should Certainly save water I can. on? I mean, that's a really great point for considering coming into the winter months because, yes, we don't need to water them as much as what we normally do during the summer. I mean, let's face it, during the summertime, we normally have to water daily to keep things alive. But certainly during the winter months, you probably only need to water twice a week. That's all I water my garden at home is twice a week. Even my pot plants, I only water twice a week. In some cases, you may only need to water them once a week. If you've got really establish things in your garden once a week is probably ample enough water but smaller growing things twice a week so yep that's all you would need to do russell just twice a week watering your garden that's about all okay mate all right have a nice day thank you we Bye-bye. love your call and we love hearing from judy from maitland hello judy hi david i was just ringing to tell you of a home remedy for sooty mold on gardenias certainly you probably know all about it probably um, not it's, uh, I'm sure it's probably good. Um, it's just a lot of um, detergent, just any old detergent in yes. water, which you spray all over them. Right. And then hose it off. And all that black stuff that's on them. Oh, yes. And uh, just a couple of, you probably need maybe two, three um, applications. I've got two gardenias and they're quite big. So I've needed to do it three times. But it's got rid of it completely. Really? Well, I'm going, I'm going to try that on my gardenia at home because I've got sooty mould and I have been spraying it uh, yeah. with not the correct thing, but one of the things that I had at home, and, of course, it's not working. Yeah. So I might try that. Well, so, I tried so... The, yeah, I tried the scale um, yes. stuff, but it didn't work. Right, okay. And then I don't know where I got this from. I'm the internet or somewhere else, or somebody said something, and, and I thought, oh, well, I'll give it a go. Yes, and, but I, um, I suppose the secret is to actually putting it on and washing it off virtually straight away then. That's Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. I just sprayed it all over and then hit it with the hose, and you, yeah, it just sort of virtually washes straight okay. off. Now that's great. Thank yeah. you very much, Judy. Okay. All right. Bye bye now. Bye. Joining us now from Kay's Beach is Faye. Hello, Faye. Hello. Look, I wonder if you could solve my problem. I, I had a so. beautiful mandarin tree, all flourishing, but somebody in the middle of the night is coming and eating a bite and throwing the green ones on the ground. Yes, it's it's a thing, not a, an itch. So you'll probably find that you may have possums in the area. Possums. Yes. Oh, well, how can I get rid of them? Well, unfortunately, unless you know where they're living, you probably wouldn't be able to because they're probably living in someone's shed somewhere nice and warm during the daytime and then they come out of a night time and just have a little nibble at um, your mandarins. So, and yeah. not the lovely orange ones yes. because they're all gone and that shell is empty. Right, But yes. the green ones, it's like that sour and throw it away. Yes. Well, sometimes if it's not possums, it's rodents. Rodents can often get up and just eat all the in- side of your fruit out but more so more than anything else it would have to be possums so i mean certainly you can actually spray something on your uh, citrus trees there's a product called deter which you can actually spray on it's a natural product and when they taste this deter they often don't like it and often just leave the fruit alone so perhaps for next season unless you've got some still on your plant you could just dry the deter and see how that goes 
very much. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, <laughs> if I had grandkids that were here all the time or something, I'd think, oh, they picked the wrong one off. Yes. Not possums in the night, I think. No, possums love fruit. And, of course, if you've got fruit galore like they these do, that, that's probably why. They don't do it to the lemons. Okay, might be too sour for them, but certainly the mandarins and oranges oh. they'd love. Well, do you know what I'm going to do? Get some of that deterred. Thanks very good. Thanks so much. Thanks, Faye. Okay. Bye. Okay. Also waiting patiently for us this afternoon at Lambton is Kate. Hello, Kate. Oh, hi, guys. Um, David, I bought a, a Jane McGrath rose um, oh, late last year or whenever it was, in the middle of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's grown about five um, stems from the bottom of the, the rose. They're sort of branched out, and each one of those has got more branches, and I'm wondering whether it's supposed to be a climber. No. It's going in all directions. It's not just like an octopus rose. So tell me, Kate, has it flowered for you? Not much. Okay, just be very, very careful that it may not have shot from below the graft, because if it has, that's because that's the growth it sounds like to me. If it's shot from below the graft, you will get all these multi-stems, and you will get a flower eventually, but it's only very, very small and possibly pink or white. So it may be that. It may not be the Jane McGrath that's actually... The Jane McGrath may have died back, whereas this is actually shot from underneath the graft of the plant. Ah, well, it's, you know, I've got stakes around it to try and oh, okay. it up. Of course, it sort of was tending to, to grow along the ground. Yes, no, I would say that's what's happened, that it's actually shot from below the existing rose and you've got all these multi-stems, which... Should, because Jane McGrath, I, I know for a fact isn't a really robust grower like that. It, it more will tend to grow upwards. It certainly wouldn't have those multi-stems. So I would be probably taking that out and replacing it again this year with a proper Jane McGrath. It probably hasn't been your fault. It's probably something you've, you've probably unnoticed that the top section of the rose may have died down. Then all of a sudden you've had this wonderful growth coming from underneath the graft. Yeah, well, mm. it's a bit disappointing, actually. It would be disappointing, yes, and as I said, normally you wouldn't notice this unless you were watching it very, very closely. Yeah, well, I mean, it was growing out across my footpath and I had to sort of yes. chop that, off That's not Jane McGrath, no, certainly not. I'd say I'd be getting rid of that now, Kate, and tr- trying to replace it with uh, a proper rose once we get into the rose season again. So this will never be any good? Never be any good by the sounds of it, particularly if it hasn't flowered for you by this time. Yeah, it's given me a few here and there, but yes. as you say, they're a pinky white. That's right, yes, that's small. not Jane McGrath, yes. Yeah, all right. Okay. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Kate. Let's Bye-bye. make our way now from Lambton to Lawn. That's where Alex is waiting for us. Hello, Alex. Hello, David. How are you? Good, thank you. The lady with the mandarin problem, we have it at Lawn as well. My mandarins get taken every year, and it's the bats that cause it. Oh, bats. I never thought of bats because, yes, once they know where the, the, the trees are every year, they hone in on them every year. So, yes, that's another good point. And, of course, the deter, as I've mentioned to Faye, will also counteract the bats, hopefully, as well. So, hopefully, Faye's yeah. still listening. Thank you for well, that, I Alex. I used the netting from... Uh, I went to one of the hardware stores. Yes. Now, tell me, but by, by using the netting, don't you actually trap the bats? in the netting? No, I haven't any trouble. Okay, all right. Now that's good. Um, because... I'm throwing it over, but I've got to really pick them early. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't get any at all because yes. they're very quick because all we right. have a, a whole list of 
that's here at Lawn there. Okay, all right. Okay, well, thank you for that, Alex. No worries, David. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye now. Alex joining us from Lawn, just as you could. All you have to do is give us a call. Our phone number is 49216216. That's the number. On a weekend like we just had, what would most people be doing in the garden at this time of the year? Well, most people would be just tidying up the gardens coming into the winter months. There's always weeding to be done. Of course, as you know, you're always weeding the garden. There's still some mulching to be done, so certainly you can get a, just another layer of mulch on. That, of course, keeps the weeds down, and, of course, it serves like a little blanket for the plants as well throughout the winter months. For those people that are in frosty areas, it just creates a blanket and stops the frost from burning your things off. We, we brought up the point of watering, which is a very good point because, I mean, most people through winter just forget about watering. We don't want to forget about watering throughout the winter months because things still need moisture because we still have windy days. We still have things drying out. So it's often a good idea, a good thorough watering at least once a week if you possibly can, if not twice a week, particularly during the windy times of winter. I mean, certainly there's no spraying much to be done of the lawn with weeds because the products don't really work that effectively. Certainly for permanent weed um, removal like your glyphosates or zero, you can still use that, but just bearing in mind it can take up to around about three or four weeks to show any signs of dying back of the weeds. So you've just got to be a little patient with that. Still do it if you want to do it, but as I said, just be patient with that as well. And, of course, liquid feeding. You can still continue liquid feeding all of those pot plants and your garden things. You can do that probably once every three or four weeks during the winter as well. It's Gardening Talk Back with David Peterson for a Monday. It's Gardening Talk Back, and we've got David Peterson here. 49216216 is the number that you need to call through right now, through to 1.30 today. If you do call through, you go into the draw to win a wonderful gift pack, David. You do, and it's actually long to this wonderful series of Federation Daisies. Just remembering what I said earlier, they are a daisy that's a fairly new release, but being Federation, they still belong to the old varieties. Only that these grow a little bit more compact than the old varieties. This one's called Blazer Rose, and it's got a most beautiful red flower when it first comes out, fades down to a pink, so you've got those different shades just with on the plant. As well as add a box of the all-purpose soluble plant food, as well as the container of the Aquamagic water-storing granules. We've had beer Beatrice waiting for us through the news. Let's go and say hello to Beatrice. She's at Morissette. Hello, Beatrice. Hello, David. Love your program. Thank you. Uh, I want some cacto. What I've got is pavers on the northwest of the house Mm -hmm. under the eaves, and I want some little light pots that might make a bit of a show for me. I'm over 80 and I can't leave big pots around. Yes. So these pots, you want? Can you? Are you able to change them seasonally, or do you want something permanent in those? I think I'd change them certainly yeah. as long as they're small. That's good because I'm glad you mentioned that because one of my most favourite annuals to plant this time of the year are primulas and they really look really, really lovely in pots because you can get them either in single colours which basically consist of mauves, pinks and whites. Uh, just a minute. Yes. I don't want to water there. Oh, you don't want to water there. Well, that may be a little bit different in that case so and difficult yeah, as thought, well. Uh, Yeah, certainly succulents, but as long as they get at least a good half a day sun, they will function well, and they would be very, very good, any of the succulent family. But other than that, there would be very little that would grow there uh, without water. Certainly if you splash the water occasionally, uh, they would be certainly fine. So there are various varieties of succulents you can get now. Yes. 
And um, could you give me an idea of what their names are? No, because you just go into a garden centre and they will have a whole heap of different succulents all in the one area which you could grow any of those at all. They all have different habits, so there's yes. quite an array of them. So, yes, it, that would be the best thing if you could do that, Beatrice. Just go into the nursery, have a look at their succulent varieties, and then that way you would be able to go through with the person and just tell you how they grow. Newcastle and Hutter Valleys, 2NURFM 103.7, Monday afternoon. We're enjoying it today and we're enjoying your phone calls. We love it when you give us a call. 49216216 for Gardening Talkback. To talk to David Peterson, Trevor's with us now from Borrigal. Hello, Trevor. Hi, Pete. How you going, mate? Good, thank you. Well, I have two questions. Yes. I've got a um, palm tree I want to dig out and replant. Yes. Is that possible this time? Tell me how tall it would be. From the ground level, probably about four feet. Okay. So has it been in this position too long? Oh, it has been. Okay. Certainly the, the longer the palms have been in the position, and depending on what the palm is as well, would depend on whether you're able to move it successfully. You don't know the name of the particular palm? Oh, it's a majestic palm. Okay, now, well, that's fine. You'll be able to move that quite successfully. Uh, certainly, you, you'll do that in spring. You won't do it at this time of the year because otherwise you will disturb it. So once, once we get to spring, what you'll need to do is to try and get as much soil around the root system as you possibly can and just move it to the new spot. Make sure you prepare the new spot. Are you putting it into a pot or it's going into a different position? Going in different positions okay. Around. Make sure you just treat the ground really well. Just boost that up with some compost so it's really nice for when you put the majestic back into this spot. Then you'll fill in around it with the new soil and then you'll water it in with some sea salt because the sea salt is going to stimulate the roots back to life again. Okay. Now, now, tre yes, tre now, Trevor, you will notice a bit of dying of the foliage on some of the areas of the palm, so you'll just need to cut those off because it'll need to produce new growth once again. So, so, as long as, so long as you do that, water it in well with the sea salt and then treat it again with sea salt in two weeks' time, that should start it stimulating and that should start it to grow again. So you should have a fair chance of it surviving. Good stuff. All right. thing, Miss Moffat. Yes. Muffet. Yes. I've got a plant in a pot and it's outgrowing the pot. Yes. I want to know if I can split that plant in half. No, you can't because with Miss Muffet, they're only one single plant. You cannot split them. Even though they're nice and full, if you go splitting it, you will lose the plant completely because it's only on one major root system. It's not a multi multiple plant. It's actually just one main root system. So you'll actually put that out into the garden or into a bigger pot for it to grow more successfully. Hey, that's all right. That's fine. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. No worries at all. Thank you for giving us a call, Trevor. Let's go to Rob now. He's waiting for us at Toronto. Hello, Rob. Hello there. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, I have another palm tree question. Yes. This, is, this palm is called mongrel. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. What's the proper name of it? Do you the know, Rob? The real name? No. It's not the type of palm that sheds um, a full branch. Right. It, um, it the branches die and 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 then it sheds um, on in, when we get a nor'easter. It sheds into my gutters. Oh, okay. And it clogs them up, and I can I can get up and clean the gutters out, but I, I can't I can't reach the 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 actual um, frond to cut it off, mm -hmm. it's too tall. Is there some poison that I can get, hit this tree with rather than have a, pay for a tree removalist to come in and, and kill the head of the palm 
successfully. I can put up with the trunk being there forever, but not not the... Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. All right, so long as you're prepared to do that, that's fine, because it's a, a thing that I don't normally suggest because mm-hmm. we don't normally like getting rid of um, things in our garden. The only thing you can do, I know it's causing a great deal of frustration and problems, so the only thing you do is look with palm trunks. They have a very, very strong trunk, so, I mean, be prepared when you start doing this that it's going to be a fairly difficult job. We need to try and ring bark the palm in some fashion that we're actually digging into it and pulling that bark back, so you're creating a free all around the one diameter of the tree. And then, then you get a product called Tree and Blackberry Killer, which is the strongest thing on the market for killing trees and things. And you'll actually place that according to directions in this frill, and that way it draws the product through the actual palm and slowly, I will say slowly because it will be a very slow process for a palm to eventually kill it. So that, that would be the only solution I have to your problem. But as I said, be prepared to wait on it, Rob, because it's okay. slow. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Bye-bye. It's 49216216 Gardening Talkback with David Peterson and Wendy from Maryland. Hello, Wendy. Hi, David. How are you? Good, thank you. I don't have a problem with plants. I have um, grubs or caterpillars. Mm-hmm. They're crawling under my um, outdoor area. Right. Um, I don't know whether they're looking for somewhere to, to eat and to turn into butterflies, I'm not sure, but they, they just, every day there's two and three crawling around. Okay. Well, yes, it's, it sometimes can be a little bit of a problem. Where I hear people say that they're crawling onto concrete. I mean, look, certainly as the conditions are getting colder, uh, they will start to die away because they generally do not survive during our colder seasons, particularly when we're getting down below 5 degrees. Most of the caterpillars will die away. I think the only solution probably at the moment would be just to... Um, to gather those up, the ones that you're seeing, if there's only a few like that. Certainly if there were quite a number of them, I would could suggest to you just to spray them with a caterpillar spray that's a contact one like some pyrethrin. Um, but otherwise I would just be um, being a little bit patient until we get right into the winter months. And as I said, they should then disappear uh, from the area until we get back into the spring months again. Okay. I wasn't sure if I should put them on a tree, a bush or something. Or... No, I mean, look... You, you could if you if you want to be very kind with the caterpillars, but um, I would just uh, I, I, if you're only got getting odd ones, certainly you could do that. But um, but I wouldn't be probably going overboard by spraying when there's only a few like that. Okay, they're the ones with the pointy bit on the end. Oh yes, the the big ones. Yes. Yes. Well, if you wanted to pop them onto one of your plants and let them munch away, that's that's your choice. Otherwise, people would normally kill them and put get them out of the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a sitting of the I fence thing with me dying. with those. So, yeah, yes. I hate them dying. I know. Well, yes, you're sitting on one side of the fence, but I've got to sit on the middle of the fence to give you an answer. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you, Wendy. Bye-bye. Bye. It's Gardening Talkback at 2 in your RFM, and we'll continue with more calls after this. Gardening Talkback on 49216216. Let's continue with your calls. Talking to David Peterson, we've got Margaret. And Margaret joins us now from uh, Morpeth. Hello, Margaret. Oh, hello, David. Good to talk to you. Um, I was given a nice Mother's Day present, two pots, one with uh, tulips in and one with hyacinths, Mm -hmm. and they were in full bloom. And I don't know what to do with them now. I'd like to keep them, but they should I repot them? I don't 
No, you won't do anything with them at all. You'll just leave them in those pots because... Leave them, just water them? Yes, uh, they are out of season, of course, flowering. Well, they're a little early, uh, so they're grown specially for that particular occasion. But you'll let them die down as normal. We do when we've got bulbs and things in pots, and then they will actually... Oh, excuse me, they will actually spring back up again next winter ready for spring flowering. Particularly the hyacinths will, but the tulips are a tricky one because I was always told with tulips that they only flower once when you've got them, particularly in our climate, they don't reflower. <laughs> so the thing is you're going to have to just test... Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> you're going to have to... take the tulips out? And... No, no, I would, I would just leave them as, until they die down. You can then take them out and store them if you wish and, until next uh, autumn uh, and then replant them again and just see how they go as a test. The tulip, the, the, the hyacinths will be fine, but the tulips may not reflower again next year. Okay, then. Thank you very much. I was thinking I might have to put them in the garden or something. But no, no, you can grow them in pots every year successfully. So they, oh, they, they do particularly well. At least that way. So you don't even have to take them out of the pots. You could leave them in the pots and just store your pots and then just um, reuse them again next year. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. Thanks, Margaret. Bye-bye. Maybe go and have a glass yes, of water. sounds yeah, like it. A bit of a cough there. Now, we've got another Margaret joining us now. It's our last call of the day, and it's Margaret from Lambton. Hello, Margaret. Hello, David. Oh, look, I'm sorry, but I thought you said we were talking to me when you said Margaret from Lambton. She oh. must have been Margaret from Lambton, too. Oh, no, Margaret from Morpeth. Oh, right. <laughs> well, I'm Margaret from Lambton. So, talking to you now. Yes. Uh, that chat before about the palm tree and he yes. can't reach it. Yes. We have got one too and we get those uh, pinky sprouty things coming on the side. Right. And so they don't fall down one at a time and make a big mess. My husband's not tall enough to get up on the ladder, not game enough to get up on the ladder now because mm. he's getting too old. So he has got two broom handles taped together and a saw put on the end of it, taped up, and he uses that to get him oh, down okay. with. That's great. <laughs> it's like a um, the, the extendable pruners that you can get, yes. but he's just made his household one. So that's a great idea. So he just cuts those off so he doesn't get the problem of all that stuff falling off the palm yes. tree. Yes. And another thing I would like to ask you if yes. I've got time. Certainly. Jane McGrath Road. Yes. I have it. And instead of going straight up, she's coming over onto the path. Isn't that funny? Because the, the previous caller I had has it exactly the same thing. But, I mean, Jane McGrath should grow in an upright fashion. Has it flowered for you? Oh, yes. And it's, it's the proper Jane McGrath flowers? It, it, it's supposed to be. I bought it as the Jane yes. McGrath and I had the Jane McGrath. Okay. Well, that's fine because the, the previous caller, it wasn't flowering the Jane McGrath flowers and that what makes me think that it had shot from underneath the graph. But if yours is growing up and flowering properly, the only thing to do, I mean, because Jane McGrath hasn't been out for a number of years, we may just need a couple of years for it to strengthen up to push the growth upwards instead of forcing it to the side. Well, coming forward, mm. they're very, very strong. Right. Whatever they're called. Right. I'd call them arms coming out. Oh, the, the stems, yes, yes. Yeah, the stems, they're very, very firm. Right, okay, but it's still, it's still flowering properly for you? Yes, the okay. chap next door to me, he grows roses a lot. Right. So I got him in to check it. Yes. And he said all he would do in, 
July, once you prune it, dig it up and turn it. Oh, okay. Right. Well, you could do that seeing as it hasn't been in the ground for very long because you're not going to disturb it greatly. So that's probably a really good idea. So I don't know. No, I would do that. I would certainly do that, Margaret. If that's mm. Yes, if he's had a look at it, that would be a great idea. Yeah, well, I'll call him Burke's backyard. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Margaret. Thank you very much, Dave. Okay, bye-bye. Thank bye you bye. very much. Bye. bye. And that's all our calls for this Monday, the 20th of May, David. Very busy morning Has or been. afternoon. And uh, a lot of people there in the running for this great gift pack. They are. And, of course, it consists of this beautiful Federation Daisy, the carton of the all-purpose soluble plant food as well as the Aquamagic water crystals. I thought I might give it to Ka- Faye today of Caves Beach. Kay, Faye, oh, I don't know why I'm calling her Kay. Faye rang us about the mandarin tree that she had in the back garden. So, Faye, all you really need to do, make your way out to Walls End Community Nursery. That's on the corner of Crowders and Lake Road, Walls End. One condition is try and get in and see me or one of my staff before next Monday because we'll have a brand new gift to give away next Monday. As always, very well done, David. We'll look forward to your company next Monday. All right, Dave, I'll see you then and good gardening, everyone. That is our gardening talkback and that's David Peterson back next Monday from midday here at 2NURFM.